President David Cook is with us. He's the 15th president of North Dakota State University. We were commenting before he came on and before we were joined by this bigger, broader audience that 15 if somebody had asked me that number, it, it would have been way higher than 15. Uh, Dr. Cook, that's, that's a, you know, that there isn't that many that have had your keys. Yeah, absolutely. I think it speaks to the, uh, really the great leadership that the institution has had where we've had, it's, it's important when you, people at the top are there for a, a good period of time to really help you get through the tough times and take advantage of the, the, the great opportunities that are out there. And I'm just really honored to to step in and, and follow in their footsteps. This by no means is intended to get after anybody, any predecessors. That's not the reason I ask this. But with every new leader, you see things, you do things, you know you have to take care of things. Uh, in your particular case, it's been part of the conversation. You know, you've got some declining enrollment. You've got some budget issues. I mean, you got left with some work here to do. Yeah, I mean, and that's going to be the situation probably anywhere you go, especially in higher ed, especially in higher ed in the Midwest. There's a, there's a lot of national kind of macro environment trends that are out there. Uh, but for me, uh, it was about a year ago uh, in February when I was offered the job. And I'm really fortunate. President Brashani allowed me to kind of come in and get to know people and, and learn all that was happening. And so I could hit the ground running on day one. And so that really helped me uh, get a, a few steps ahead. And, and so I'm really grateful for uh, those before me and how they help facilitate the transition. I know there's changes coming at NDSU. And uh, before we get to some of them, I think it's only fair for you to describe uh, having come from a different state, having lived in the world of higher education, the changes period in higher education. Uh, You know, the, the model of what we're doing in higher education Pre and post COVID alone is right. different. So, describe to people in your tenure working in higher education the major changes. Well, yeah. What I would say first is I love higher education. I love how it changes lives. It it changed my life. I'm one of these first generation college students, so I I see all the great things that higher education can do, all the benefits, uh, and what it can do literally for generations of families. So, uh, I'm its strongest advocate. But I also know that uh, we've got to change, and we're not very good at that. Uh, And so you mentioned COVID, you know, I think we've realized through COVID that you can do a lot more with technology and distance education as as a great example. Um, I think we need to be thinking more about our role around workforce and and what our role is with research in particular uh, relating to the state that we're in. Um, I came from Kansas, very similar. Uh, Well, you know, I grew up in Iowa. And then I moved to Kansas, and really my professional career is. But you're is, one of us. You're yeah, the I'm a Midwesterner, that's I think. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So for sure, for sure. So to 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 realize that, it, it takes a different mindset with instructors as well, though. It does, and and you've got instructors that are. It's going to be hard to transition. That takes time as well. Yeah, I mean, I got to give a, a lot of credit, though. I mean, when we were faced with COVID, I think everywhere in higher education, people stepped up and it was hard and frankly, probably worked twice as hard. Uh, and we've gotten through it. And now we need to think about, you know, how we teach, how we leverage technology a little bit more than we do, how we think about serving the students a little bit more. But I think people are on board with that. And I'm excited to kind of see where we take it. So what's what's left to do? I mean, and I don't say left as though you got it almost done. That's not my point. When when you look at it w- with these changes we talked about, and you've got a campus like NDSU, you know, what is number one, number two, those kind of things where, look, th- this is just the reality. We're going to have to work on this. This is what we have to do. Yeah, so um, 
I rolled out five kind of strategic priorities earlier this fall, and I think they, you know, kind of perfectly address kind of the issue and then it's sort of how we go there. But first for us, it's going to be enrollment, retention, and student success, and there's a lot of ways to tackle that one. We're a proud R1 university, uh, the only one in the state and uh, one of four in the upper Midwest. Uh, and then we got to really focus on our people around well-being. There's, uh, that's going to be critical, especially coming out of COVID. And then, you know, really investing in diversity and, be, and also finally just acknowledging that we're the 1862 land grant and figuring out what that means to the state of North Dakota has to be top of mind. So going back to roots is what you're saying. Ab- absolutely. That's what yeah. I just heard you describe. In, in, in terms of retention of students, NDSU has gone backwards in students. Uh, you know, uh, we do a phenomenal job of recruiting high school students to NDSU. Uh, we, uh, one of our challenges is keeping them and figuring out what we have to do better on the what we call the retention side. We want more students who started in the fall to stay in the spring and more to come back the following fall. And that's going to be a key area that we focus on. But President Cook, if you would go through notes uh, from legislative sessions dating back 20 years, 30 years, what you just said has been said. I mean, yeah. it's been said. North Dakota uh, has a huge dropout rate after the first year and a half of higher education. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we acknowledged it. We acknowledged it. We acknowledged it. What do we do about it? Yeah, so um, what I put together is kind of a transform NDSU plan uh, that will kind of roll out this next next week, really before the end of January. And I think it's about acknowledging that you got the challenge and really putting resources in uh, to transform in these key areas. So for us, some of the ideas that will come out is we got to look at the first year and make sure the first year for our students is the best year they've ever had in education. We got to think about giving them real world kind of experiences right away. Uh, If you want to be an engineer, let's not wait till the junior senior year to take engineering classes. Let's, you know, as our, our alum have told me engineering is a really cool profession, but we don't teach them what that's about, how to break things, how to make things till later. And we're talking about bringing some of that real world experience in right away. So they they really learn how exciting it is to go into some of those careers. In my time in the legislature, if you go back and you look at some of those bills, uh, I put a bill in to not pass. Uh, I, I mean, I'm serious about this. I, I put it in to make sure that there was a discussion and what Mm -hmm. the discussion was based on was credits transferring from our two-year institutions to you. Mm -hmm. And, and my concern was, was that, you know, there's a lot of people that belong in a classroom of 30 before they belong in a classroom of 200. And so I wanted those credits to make their way. And I knew there was worry about accreditation and I knew that there were way bigger issues. I just wanted them in the room talking about it. Mm -hmm. And the next thing you knew, the Leighton Freebergs of the world were passing a bill. Because he wanted to make a point, and we all got in a room and we're like, "This isn't supposed to pass," <laughs> you know. <laughs> but there was an acknowledgement of the problem, and I'm curious now, just from the outside looking in, are we doing better there? Are we doing better in a university system where the the BJCs, the the sciences, the Willistons, they they find their work there into your system, and it wasn't a waste of time. Well, uh, first and foremost, thank you for your service uh, in the legislature. Well, and, and congr- not everybody would say that. But yes. <laughs> and, and congratulations on your success uh, uh, pushing that uh, that through. That's exciting. It didn't pass. I, oh, I, I thought won- you said no, it did. No. I missed. I no, miss- we passed it in the Senate. 
Okay. We got it over to the house, and then the house leader said, we're going to pass this, and Leighton and I are like, no, don't. <laughs> we were trying to make a point here. Yeah, well, not, I mean, you know, the dialogue uh, is always important. So I think the system has done a really good job of really trying to figure out how all the different components work together. Uh, what you're talking about, I think, is about articulation. You know, you kind of get your two plus twos. Mm-hmm. You take two years at BSC or NDSCS or, or what have you. Then you come to a four-year school. I, I think that's all okay. I think at NDSU, it's one of the areas I've targeted as a, a real opportunity. So I've spent time in Williston and uh, with the leader of BSC, and I've spent a lot of time in Wapaton uh, because we have to do better uh, in those transfer agreements. So um, I get the sense from you, though, uh, Dr. Cook, that there's bad news coming before good news is going to come. Uh, when does the bad news get thrown out there that, look, yeah. these are tough choices. This is what we have to do. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think it's all part of the same message, which is a, which is hard to kind of sift through. But here soon, before the end of January, we're going to kind of announce. Earlier in the fall, we talked about uh, looking at our college structure, and we're looking at merging them. So we rolled out a couple of plans. We've had a lot of public input. Our deans are phenomenal. Uh, they're looking at – I'm sincerely very proud of their leadership because we're looking at merging a few of them that align with workforce, that align with where higher ed needs to go. Uh, and so thank you to them. Uh, and now it's kind of the next layer of changes that we have to make that are in part right-sizing uh, the institution, which is critical. But the other part of that is, okay, where can we invest and put resources to help us uh, turn the corner? And I think that part of it is is also coming that's that's going to be exciting. But we got a lot of hard and some excitement all kind of wrapped in one. Somebody's going to go home unhappy at some point. It's just the nature of the business. Yeah, but unfortunately. That is, you know, the, people don't look at higher education as the business it is either. Yeah. They don't. Uh, President Cook's going to hang with us a little bit longer. We'll get to talk a little bit more about NDSU and the North Dakota higher education system. We're sitting here. We're having a great conversation. She's know, like, you're supposed you can, to do this on the radio. Right. You can do that on air. <laughs> <laughs> President David Cook. Now, can you tell she's an SU alumni? You hear that? I can music? tell. She's I, got playing in the background She just seems there? a little smarter in this room <laughs> for exactly. some reason. Exactly. So there you go. <laughs> Let me ask you this. As, as president of NDSU, it would seem that one of your biggest challenges is you, you have to disseminate programs that might not be valid anymore in this right. new economy, in this new world, and the great educators that were in that program versus educators that you might need for a different program right. and actually have to go out and recruit like any business does. I mean, how do you handle that? Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's hard. But like you said, like any business, you know, we have to evolve and transform uh, and pivot toward where we're going as as a uh, industry. And that's exactly kind of where we're at. I think it's been probably decades since we really uh, had to, to face something like we're facing now. And so where, where we're at is really taking a look at, you know, where we've been. And if we have high cost, low enrollment, you know, efforts that are out there, those are the kind of things that we need to talk about. But also think about what does the new workforce need from higher education and how can we you know, put together mm-hmm. the right kind of you know, academic programs, but also how they're tied with business and industry uh, and how we're kind of just working and thinking a little bit differently. And I'm, I'm actually, that's hard work, but also very exciting. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it takes us. You know, you, the new model for higher education is going to be a lot online. It's going to be people going back into education. You're going to have more 30-year-old, 40-year-old, 50-year-old students that just want to achieve a goal in life. Um, are we wise in building as much housing as what is being built around NDSU. When I drive by there, I'm like, 
you know, the the student numbers are down, uh, you know, not drastically down anything like that, but there was a place to sleep before all of this. <laughs> you know, right. I guess what I'm getting at is, is housing or should housing be a priority? Yeah. And, and so a, a couple different thoughts uh, on that. N- number one, one of the things that we do really well at NDSU is getting students on campus. I think there's been a commitment to that. I'm a big believer that as a as a student, you're learning a lot in the classroom, but it's everything else around mm-hmm. that, that that allows you to grow up and 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 uh, graduate. I, I have two kids in college now, still back in Kansas, and and frankly, most of what we talk about is not their classes, but you know, paying rent and finding friends and and getting a job and, and balancing and kind of growing up through that experience. So uh, we still do that very well. Yeah, that said, though, from an online perspective, the world is changing. I can tell you those two kids also understand technology a lot better than I do. Yeah. And so we have to evolve, and, and, and that's okay. Uh, and kids in high school and middle school are going to expect more with technology. And then there's a lot of different markets out there that we have to be thinking about. Uh, you know, those people with some college credit but no degree, uh, working professionals who want to go get an MBA but have a family. So that's where technology and online education, I think, plays a, a really important part. And so, you know, where we're focused on from a, a residence hall perspective, I think, is just making sure that we have, you know, really adequate facilities. But the facilities that we're building, you know, we have a couple relating to ag. We just built one relating to life sciences and pharmacy. We're interested in a new engineering building. And so, you know, a lot of those are about providing the right kind of space for the students that come on campus to to really get them more kind of hands-on entrepreneurial education that's more multidisciplinary. I can prove that some of what you just said is right in about one second here. You ready? Abby, how much do you stay in touch with your sorority sisters? Oh, plenty. I live with one. Yeah, exactly. So what's what's sorority? Alpha Gamma Delta. All right. Very good. My point in asking that is your father, you, you make friends for life. My brothers too. Yeah, exactly. And so you're right in that sense. My whole thing is, you know, is, is there the need to focus on the housing. I mean, I think yeah. it, it's somewhat of a legitimate question. Uh, you know, the, the other point that I would make in terms of the campus is you've got a legislative session going on. And I know from being there, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're going to want to drag you through it. I mean, they're going to want to make you prove why you bought number two lead pencils, you know. So are you ready for that? Well, uh, yeah, it, and it has already began. Um Previously, before here, I was at the University of Kansas, the medical center, uh, which is where I did a lot of my academic career. I also, at one time, had state and federal relations under my jurisdiction. And then my last job, where I was the right hand to the chancellor, I also had state and federal under. So I do have a little bit of background and experience with that. And politically, I would say Kansas and North Dakota are incredibly similar. Um, and the session has began here in North Dakota. So I've been in Bismarck quite a bit already. Uh, and you know, uh, this will sound crazy, but I enjoy it. Um, I think if you have good, honest uh, conversations with people, you tell them where you're at and what kind of things you need help with. Uh, uh, I think they listen and respond, and so far, so good. Yeah. So well, I enjoy it too, uh, obviously, and but I enjoyed going down to bars and sold three two beer, and there's usually a fight there too. So, Doctor <laughs> Cook, always good to talk to you. Thank I, you. Sir. I appreciate. Yeah. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. Have a great day. You bet.